Can I just have a word? Can I have a word with you? I feel it like it doesn't work. work. <laughs> Would you let me speak? Okay, do it. <laughs> okay, go. Welcome to the Nail Polish Sisters. Chef's kiss. And we're rolling. All and right. action. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the last episode of the Jamie and Bella show. Of season one. Oh, of season one. Not the last episode forever. Just of season one. All right. Well, as we wrap up this season, we're going to take you on a trip down memory lane right now. Um, Jamie, what was your favorite moment? Uh, I've had so many favorite moments, honestly. I think... One of my favorite moments was randomly the Tony's Chocolonies. I think that that was one of my favorites because you were so passionate about oh, it you. and you loved the name. And then I was wrong about the name. It's still Chocolonies in our heart. I tagged them in hopes that someone would tell me how to pronounce it, but no one did. Someone on their social media team needs to get on it because I need to know. Yes, yeah, so I think also another one of my favorite parts was um, how many fake sponsors we had. I thought that that was really fun. I had so many fun moments. I'm just happy we got to do this and learn and grow in every way that we could. What about you? Um, it wasn't necessarily in the season, but I talked about it, so I will count it as in the season. But the favorite part of the year, of my year last year, was getting to go to the Magic Castle. Oh, yeah. So that was I would fun. say that was because of this podcast. I, I was so blessed to go see Magic in real time. That um that was my favorite part of the podcast. The podcast. And also, um, when you said Abba Rocks, <laughs> that comes in a close second place. Abba Rocks. Um, and if you guys have any favorite parts of the episodes, let us know. We would love to know what you guys think is funny because we're never trying to be funny, but sometimes we're accidentally funny. Yeah, go back and listen. And also, we will at some point in between seasons hopefully have um, visuals for you on a few of our later episodes as we kind of oh, yes. got further into the season. So you can go check out our YouTube. Um, right now we just have shorts on there. You guys can go hang out and, and like those and comment and do whatever you do best. Um, but there will be some video footage soon. So if you miss us, go watch that. We will miss you. Some audio only, some videos. Get with it, get to it, get in it. And you know what, guys, before we get into this episode, as someone who sometimes forgets this, reading is really fun and you should all pick up a book and find one and read it. Could be a short story, could be a long story, could have pictures, could be educational, could be nonfiction and and historical, could be fiction and a storytelling book. But I think um, read because you learn new big words. And yeah. Stories are moving and they make you rethink about your place in the world. Does Artist Way count as a book? Yeah, that would go into the category of um, self-help and creativity. I love self-help books, so I will be getting on that very um, much tomorrow. Okay, with that being said, let's transition into the transitions before we talk about transitions. <laughs> are you guys following me? Yes, sir. Sir, sir, yes, Um, hear us talk about sirs and dames. Hear us talk about, you know, self help tips, transition, exciting things to come, 
positive vibes all around. Also, Bella made us a cake. Well, actually, it's white chocolate brownies. Oh, my white chocolate brownie. That she made for the ending of our first season as a celebratory. I don't really know how to show you because these are not glued into place. I love the the powdered sugar on there. It's beautiful. It's going to fall off. Slowly but surely rotating. Oh, be careful. And it says nail polish sisters, so NPS, and it says yay. All right, and we're going to transition into the episode about transitions. Woo! Please rate, like, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I don't understand porn, though. (laughs) I just want to talk about it for one second because... I mean, I do. I get it. Okay. But like, cut cut the weird build up stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, porns are really long. Like, you know what I'm saying? There's like 20 minutes. You know minutes. what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? I mean, maybe this is going to sound like I watch porn, but I think it's You're weird. Pissed. Jamie's pissed. Yeah, I think it's weird that like porn is just like they're trying to act. Like, you know that even if you don't watch porn, you know what I mean? Like, there's, like, yeah, porn like, actresses. It's like, it's like the teacher and the and the naughty schoolgirl. But imagine how good it would be if it was, like, Real actual actors. actors. I would watch that shit not for pleasure, but, like, for pure pleasure. I would. A different kind of pleasure. Yeah, but I would. I'd be like, that's... that. They honestly should think about doing that. They have way... They have more than enough money to yeah. do something like that. I just don't think any actors... I think that's the part of it yeah no actress would want to do that but if you just normalize porn then normalize it that's the message i don't know of today i don't even know if i agree with it or if i think (laughs) that people should be watching it but i just i wanted to point that out okay okay anyways okay john cena john cena so you guys you guys it's our last episode oh Insert crying noise here. <laughs> sad. Yeah, it is sad. The I end think of an era. It's one of those things where I think you, it's similar to doing a play or something mm-hmm. where you don't think about it because you're just focused on on getting through it. Yeah, and doing it and being excited about it. But I think when I wake up tomorrow, I'm going to be... You're going to be like, we don't have an episode to yeah. record next week. I think that's going to be really weird. That is going to be weird. <clears throat> but... It ain't the last of us. We'll tell you that much. You'll get the nail polish sisters again and again and again. And if you miss us, you can re-listen to us. Re-listen. So today, besides Jamie's porn rant, we're talking about transitions. Well, we're really talking about... We're transitioning onto the next season. Yes. And we're gonna... And we know you're gonna miss us. So here's how to get through the transition period. But also, I think it's going to be, we were talking about it a second ago, but <clears throat> excuse me, I have a fog in my throat. Fog. Um, but I think, I don't know that there's going to be a transition yet, but it's about to be a transition by even just not having this podcast. Like, it's that simple, you know? I have to figure out, like, the time slots that we're working on this, what I'm going to be doing instead. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I think that'll probably be taken care of by working on the play that yes. Bella and I are doing together. And Lauren. Lauren. Lauren's a part of it. I'm scared Lauren's gonna get like really serious and I'm gonna see this side. Lauren's gonna be directing the play. I think we already know the side of Lauren. I guess but like we've never been we've never been like the point the point of it. 
Does that, do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's never been pointed at us. Jamie, she's a producer of our podcast. Yeah, but like, it's she, all pointed at us. she loves us <laughs> and she agrees with us. And I feel like in a play setting, she's not going to agree with anything that I'm doing. I feel like we're going to learn a lot. And I'm super excited because I think it's interesting to always have different teachers mm-hmm. and then also different directors yeah. who ha- come from like different work backgrounds. Ro- yeah, like, for us, we have both studied specifically one method of acting. And so a lot of the teachers and the directors you had taught you and directed you within that method. So mm-hmm. I think it'll be fun to have <clears throat> a new person you know to come in and give us like a new way to look at it. I mm-hmm. think it's fun. New perspective. I think it makes Can it I more fun. Disco? I think that's why it's fun to do acting because it is, it kind of goes into the idea of transitions, but like working as an actor and like doing auditions or whatever it is that you're doing, doing plays, doing scene classes. It's always different. Mm-hmm. The play you're working on the or like the sides you're working on or the person you're working with or your scene partners you're working with. Yeah, there's a lot to be learned. Yeah. Even the the more quote unquote negative side of it, there's that's where I feel like the most the most the most growth, the, the most growth happens. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was going to say the transition of it's taken about 20 episodes and we're here, but mm-hmm. hearing my voice and like the way I speak, mm-hmm. because you, once again, I've spoken about this before, but I have a problem with being perceived, which is wild because we have a podcast, but then hearing yourself, like you perceive yourself very differently than like how you are. At yeah. least that's for me. Like I, I don't think I am who I am. And mm-hmm. then I listen back to this and I'm like, oh, what? I'm always shocked every time I listen. Never by you because I'm yeah, always never shocked by taking you in either. you. But when I hear me, I'm like, who is this bitch? <laughs> what is going on in her brain? Love, love her, it. but she's crazy. I love her. But she's like, my same with you. Bitch. You know, I mean, it's just weird because, yeah, I guess it's like you're never going to see yourself the way that I see you. Yeah. Perceiving. People perceive everyone differently. That's why it's so crazy. I don't know. being perceived is so stressful you know what sucks about that though you can't control it one you can't control it but two the line of work that we want to go into all it is is being perceived but that's where i think i i find it different because being perceived as bella stresses me out being perceived as a character yeah but doesn't stress me out but it's still gonna happen where you're being perceived as bella because that's all that people like care about in terms of yeah, but like when you watch a really good performance of someone, it's like, yeah, you know, that actor is like Joaquin Phoenix is playing mm-hmm. the Joker. But at the same I'm time, I'm saying outside of that, though. Yeah. So that's when they're watching it, I'll, I'll cross that bridge when yeah, I get to it. But that's all that, about that is. I guess that that's really what. But also, you know, it's kind of the funny thing about that is they're never going to be able to perceive you in the way that you actually are. Yeah, because you don't ever let that's like the truest side of yourself. I think everyone is a little protected when when they are showing themselves because it's but I think I remember you saying this to me and you were saying how Miles Teller is literally a star because of the way that he even just acts on the red carpet do you know oh, what yeah, I mean he's like a star you have to be authentic and you have to be yourself in order to keep your momentum but at the same time you want to protect yourself from everything so that you're not perceived in the wrong way so it really does all come down to perception and how afraid you are to be perceived by the outside world yeah Miles Teller is a star quite literally such a little goofball that i think his 
him being perceived is like he's probably chill with it. Well, I think it's funny too. Like I remember I did my first really and only press for my movie that came out and I, I watched it back and I was like, I don't even sound like me. I sound like a cookie cutter version of me. And I think that I definitely look at that and think, Oh, I want to change that because I, I do want to be able to be relatable, but there's like only so many things that you can say without revealing too much about yourself or your life. Yeah. It's a very tricky line. Yeah. You know? That is very true. But then there's like videos of my dad on the internet talking about doing ayahuasca. So then I'm like, you know. Well, you can say as much as you want to say. I think it's just how much. Like, this is the other issue I have oftentimes where it's like, who cares? Which exactly. is another thing I've That's often the biggest brought thing. up where it's like, I don't like does like it blows my mind people even listen to this podcast but i think also you have to look at it in the the positive way of like we're doing this because we enjoy it and we're doing this for fun and anybody who's listening on top of that is amazing and fun but we're really doing it for the benefit of having fun you know and then you kind of look around you're like oh like there there's actually people listening to this yeah but like yes but also it just all of it it just kind of like my brain gets a little overwhelmed yeah when i think i can't even think of thoughts right now because it's there's like, you know, when your brain gets so overwhelmed, then it just goes blank. Yeah. That's me right now. That's fair. Well, I guess that's a good point. Oh, then. my leg just cramped up. Well, Bella and I <sighs> were playing volleyball this weekend Ooh. and Bella dove so hard for the ball. Oh, you guys want to see my, my that scratch? She actually really scraped her knee. Wait, say what you were saying about how kids scrape their knees. Oh, I was just saying, isn't it funny that like when you're little, like, you just like fall and you scrape your skin and like, and as you get older, you don't scrape yourself anymore because you're a responsible adult <laughs> who's not throwing their body on the floor. But I was not a responsible adult and I threw my body on the floor and I fucked up my knee and that wasn't fun. But it is kind is that of crazy. The knee that's already fucked up or that's your other knee? No, that's my other knee. That's internal. Yeah. Those are internal wounds. But what transition? One day you just stop throwing yourself on the floor. Yeah. What's that about? Well, there's actually a a psychological reason for that. What is it? Because at a certain point in your life, you stop engaging in as risky behavior. But when kids don't have consequence, they don't understand the sense of consequences in terms of like, that's why you get like a lot of teenagers driving way over the speed limit or like engaging in super risky behaviors because they don't, they don't understand consequences as much as more cognitive people do. But you know, the craziest thing is, is that our brains are not even fully developed. And when I'm reminded of that, I kind of want to jump. Well, I just don't know what that necessarily means for the future of my brain. Yeah. Like what's going to happen at 25? I'm just going to all of a sudden one day it's developed. I don't know. It's weird. It is strange. Guys, my head, I've measured it circumference wise is either bigger than most men or (laughs) about a centimeter smaller. I'm five, four. But you don't look like you have a big head. I don't understand. You just like if you were to feel my cranium right here, you'd be like, whoa, it just have a lot of hair. So it covers it. Isn't cranium a weird word? Cranium. Okay. What else? Guys, my magic kit just sits in the corner and one day I'm going to learn how to use it. But I forgot about it. Did I never even give you guys a tour of it? If you want a tour of my magic kit, let me know. Yeah. Um, it's pretty lit. Lit as a when I become a, a magician. 
Maybe musician. that's what you do in the transition from my podcast transition. to play. You start taking classes, I'm magic gonna, classes. Well, I already old, 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 old. I already ordered books on um, magic. Yeah, the occult, like witch stuff. I'm not practicing. I'm not a practicing witch, but I'm just going to do research. Do the research because, gonna, because you're playing a witch? Yeah. Ah. Ah. Uh-huh. Witcheroo. Witchy witchies. Witchy bitchies. I'm a little bit of a bitch a little bit of a bitch but also a little bit of a mitch but also (laughs) so guys just so you could be in on the joke i for some reason this Mm -hmm. has been happening for a long time i always rhyme with m's and i don't know why what was the original one tweaked like a meek tweaked like a meek that's where it started like too many energy drinks i'm tweaked like like a motherfucking meek meek. and then mabbage cabbage with the mabbage mabbage. sprightly mightly sprightly mightly and now it's just it's my new bit. Now it's anything. Fuck. Oh, no, what happened? Well. Oh, girl, here. I have an extra piece of tape. Oh, thank you, Queen. I got you. Transition. <laughs> Everything's a transition. All right. Everything. transition. But that's what I think is interesting about transitions is there are so many different kinds of transitions. Yes. Like, I remember that my dad used to always say that travel was a transition. So if we were, tra- like, going out of town somewhere or something like that, like, just getting in the car, going to the airport and like getting everything together to go on the plane is fully a transition. My dad would be like, we're in transition mode. <laughs> so he would always say that to us. And then we all knew what to do. Like we all got out of the car, all grabbed a bag. You know what I'm saying? Cause he was like, no time for anything else. Like just stick on purpose. Like that's how I think about transition. It's like really anything where you're having to be kind of focused in. When I was little and we used to travel, I'd be with my entire family and I would tell my mom I'm homesick and she'd be like, why? <laughs> You're with your family. And I'd just be like, well, I just, I really miss my bed. Well, that's the thing. You know, it's transitioning. You're traveling. You're yeah. going to a new environment. I miss my bed. Yeah. I consider that being homesick. Yeah. My mom's like, your home is technically here. We're all here. I was like, nope, my bed's not here. Yeah. I mean, you were never a summer camp kid, right? Nope. Never went. I was totally a summer camp kid. Oh, I know. Because let me tell you something, guys. If you don't go to summer camp. All the summer camp kids make you feel really left out the first two weeks of school Mm. when everyone's back from their summer camps and they all have like similar chants and cheers. And then the kids who go to the same summer camps like go around the school like doing the chairs, singing their songs. Do you know what's crazy? I would just be there and I'd be like, I get it. You have a fucking song. I get it. Ah! That shit is as culty as fuck, though. It's so cool. Well, you're little. You're not though. You're like a teenager at that point. And I, the fact that I could recite to you my camp cheer. Oh, go because I could probably recite it with you. K e n n e b c. Kennebec, Kennebec. We're a Kennebec born in Kennebec red and when we die, we'll be Kennebec dead. So rah rah for Kennebec, rah rah for Kennebec, rah rah Kennebec. The fact that I can remember that, like, it's like the Romeo and Juliet prologue. Like, it's just ingrained. Oh, well, that's in, in everyone's me. brain, isn't it? Wait, I kind Verona? of. Yeah, what's Where the first we lay line? Our scene? Two monarchs. No, two households. Two both households, alike. both alike. Yes, indignity and fair Verona, where we lay our scene from ancient grudge breaks to new mutiny, where civil blood makes civil hands unclean. From forth the fatal loins of these two foes, a star-crossed lover takes their life, whose misadventures piteous overthrow, death with their death, bury their parents' strife. What's next? Fuck. Sorry. Now I'm just on a thing. Okay, doesn't matter. In fair Verona. In fair Verona. Oh, I have something to say, but that's later for surprise motherfucker with Shakespearean actors. Okay. We'll get to that, guys. Are you going to be are you referencing Ian McKellen? And um, Sir Patrick Stewart. Stewart. 
Those are the two best Shakespeareans. Stop. Just a pie. Stop. Who's the one I love? Kenneth Kenneth Branagh. Sir Kenneth Branagh. Sir Kenneth Branagh. Wait, I, I have a story about him, though. Okay. And I'm sorry we're going on a bunch of tangents, but whatever. It's our last episode, motherfuckers. Um, I watched that movie, the Christopher Nolan one. I'm forgetting what it's called. I watched it three times because it made no sense to Tenet? me. Tenet. Yes. And when, when the quote-unquote russian guy came on i was like saying to my dad because i was watching it with him i was like this russian guy is amazing like <laughs> he should be cast in everything where has he been and then i realized it was kenneth brano and i just felt really embarrassed because <laughs> he did such a good job i didn't even realize it was where him. has he been i was like where is this guy he's amazing everybody should cast him <laughs> your dad's like they have <laughs> yeah he's a sir <laughs> he's a, he's not just an actor he's a motherfucking sir but a sir dude how lit would that be though if like we could be sirs's what would that be? Madams? <laughs> Madams? Like, do they but have one for women? you can't be knighted, no, because it's the patriarchy. That's fucked up. Dame. A dame. Oh, yeah, you oh, are a dame, dame, Judy dame, dame Judy Dench. Okay, so you know what I was thinking about? What were you thinking about? I was thinking about... My sweet dame? Yes, my sirs. Dame jizz? No. I was thinking about transitioning from a school setting we shall call it for me acting school into like the real world setting where it's it's weird not being a student yeah and it's and not just not being a student but also then having to take everything you've learned and to try and apply it in like a broader sense of of no. everything else yeah. so it's like for acting it's like you learn all of these little tools and tricks yeah and then you don't get to necessarily use them in like auditions and stuff. You you have to yeah. wait for a job to then be able to like all use the character the work and stuff yeah. you learn is not like something like you get a, a, a five pages of sides. You can you can do all the work you want, but you're not going to necessarily build an entire character. That's hard to do. It takes mm -hmm. time and work and like a lot of stuff I think in it. Also, too, the transition from being in a place where you get told how to do things and are held accountable for it where you have to make yourself accountable for it when you don't have that. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, that's why I always like to be in acting class is because I have someone somewhere at least multiple times a week telling me what to do. You know what I mean? Like do this better or do that better because I can do that as much as I want for myself, but I need like an outside eye to tell me, but I think that I'm going to come to a close on that class very soon. And I have to kind of figure out like what's, what's next you know, and again, like fill that space because I like to have some, I like to be learning all the time. Yeah. But also I think it's, it's safer to like be in that setting because you know that your wheels are turning all the time in your craft and you're putting in your hours. So that makes auditioning a lot easier. Whereas like when you're not in class, it's kind of hard to get yourself into that mode. Whereas like you, you're already in that mode all the time because yeah. you're in school acting every day, you know? Yeah. It's just, it's just going to be different. So we're talking about this because this is our big transition of the season is ending and we're figuring out where we want to go and what we want to do next and creatively speaking, what we want to try and accomplish in the next coming months. And we pose a question to you guys now, and we're wondering what you guys do when you're going through a transition period, because my grandma once said to me, change is inevitable. People change, life changes, circumstances change, and that's something you always have to be prepared for. So we have our ways that we like approach change and transition periods, but we're also wondering what you guys do and feel free to DM 
the nail polish sisters and tell us what you do. And maybe we'll post some answers on our stories and your advice can be given to the other people who listen to this podcast, which would be fun and like a little collective collaborative experience between everyone, especially since the season's over and we want to make sure we're all still engaging with each other and connected forever and staying together. And as we're in a break and a transition period, we're still talking to you guys, even if it's not through headphones or speakers or whatever you use to listen to this. Mm -hmm. And I think my big thing with transitions is I, I just expect change. And that's from experiences I've had and also advice I've been given by my mom and my grandma that like change is inevitable. So my way of approaching a transition is like, I'm never, I don't let it blindside me because I know change is going to happen. So instead of trying to like force myself against the change, like I've learned to just go with the flow of change and let that redirect myself in the direction that my life path is taking me. I'm so bad at that. I feel like I'm always like up against the change and I'm like, no, 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 don't, don't do it. I'm like horrified of change, honestly, because it feels like everything's going to be disrupted and taken away. I mean, that is a thing with change is like it, it does disrupt, but it doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It's all bad. Yeah. Like they say, um, redirection is God's protection. Hmm. I think it's also really interesting to, I feel like I always talk about Gabby Bernstein, but I feel like she always says that things will come to you if you're just in stillness sometimes, or like if you just allow like your path to be shown to you, like there will be outside forces that help direct you in the right direction. And it's so interesting, like what comes up when you actually just like let it come up and it's things that you never think about and that just pop in your head. Like today I was driving and I was like seeing all of these like UCLA kids like walk by and I was like, maybe I should go get a minor in psychology. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I was like, maybe I should do that. The world is your oyster at the end of the day. Yeah, it's true. Kind of just got to do what makes you happy. So my guy, Andrew Huberman, who is the neurologist I've spoken about before, he talks about the placebo effect a lot. And he talks about it in, usually it's like weight loss trials and stuff, right? And oftentimes- What's a weight loss trial? Well, they give you a pill for like weight loss pills. And then like they, half of the study group do, is, does gets a placebo pill. And then the other people get the real pill. And oftentimes it's kind of even between the really? placebo group and the people who are actually getting the pill. Because placebo group thinks they're getting a real pill, but they're not but your brain is wired to think that you're going to lose weight. So in a way, it has the same effect as the actual pill. It just shows you how powerful your brain is. So interesting. But with that, it also, you could apply that, I think, to if we're all just particles and like nothing, energy can't be created or destroyed, you can apply that thinking into life and mm -hmm. like manifesting and stuff. So it's like if, but you have to believe it. That's the thing yeah. that's so hard is like you have to, you can't you just say to, like, I want this and then not believe that. Yeah. Yeah. No, but it's more, it's not even I want, it's like, I am happy in my line of work. And I, let's say you want to be a teacher and I am teaching fifth grade. Like I've always wanted to teach them. And let's say you're studying it in school right now. Like if you keep saying that, but believing it and seeing that future, it's who gonna says it can't happen? Yeah. And I think that's a cool thought for change too, where it's like, okay, maybe something's changing, but like, just keep saying what you want to happen and believing it's going to happen to you. And then by God's or whatever, by the universe's way, it should fall into place. Mm -hmm. 
it just doesn't always happen on people's exact timeline. I think that's the thing because it's it happens when it's meant to happen, you know, which is just well, yeah. That's but that's the thing with transitions and change. Like you can't control patience, what's going to yeah. happen, but you just keep keep a good thought in your head for it, and and it'll come true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Food for thoughts. If you are in fact struggling with stalking your ex boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, whatever it may be, stalking their exes, your current boyfriend, your current girlfriend, you're stalking their exes, your thing, you're stalking their exes, you're stalking the people they used to see. You feel a little bit addicted to this stalking. I have a trick for you. Every time you think to, nope, not think. If you think about it, just give yourself a little smack <laughs> on the face. Say, bad, bad. Don't think <laughs> about that. But if you actually go to stalk them, I recommend if you type in that name, 10 push-ups immediately. No one wants to do 10 push-ups. Who wants 10 real push-ups? I'm not talking about on your knees. I'm not talking about a little crunch of the elbows. I'm talking nose to, to the ground and back up 10 times. Here are the two results of this. One, you'll stop stalking. Or two, you're going to get in really good shape. So it's a win-win <laughs> regardless because you'll have strong arms, strong abs, and you'll be able to do a lot, a lot of push-ups. Of push-ups. <laughs> so I think it's actually a double win. For those who need it, um, I would say in past studies I've done with friends, it works. No one gets stronger. They just stop stalking. (laughs) No one wants to do 10 push-ups. And finally, if this goes into change and transition somehow, I don't know how, but I'll wrap it up into this. If someone treats you poorly, you can't change them. I'm sorry. I don't care how much they love you. I don't care how much you love them. It is impossible to change another person. It's so impossible. It's so hard. It's you can't change someone unless they want to change themselves, which is their transition and their life path and their thing to do. Yeah, that's not your problem. Don't try it because let me tell you something: you can't make them do it. I had a they really just have to do it. weird moment of clarity. I was thinking about the thing that Jim said to me, Jim, aka my dad, about like the four boxes. Mm-hmm. You know how we talk about that, like choose the thing before you go. You're basically like manifesting the person you want, whatever. And then he, I remember like the the latter part of that was everything else outside of those four things that you must have from that person. You have to accept that. Otherwise, you're trying to change things. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, that's really interesting because I remember with. I guess I could say it now, but my... Jamie has a boyfriend, you guys. I do have a boyfriend, but my boyfriend... Happy episode 20. Happy episode. Easter egg for you all. I have a boyfriend. Um, But like, I remember when I went on my first date with him, I was like, four boxes, four boxes. And he checked every single one of them because he's an amazing person. But the thing is, is like, if anything comes up or anything is like, whatever, I'm like, that's not part of the four, Mm -hmm. you know? It also teaches you not to compromise your own values for someone else mm-hmm. while also appreciating someone for what they are and not trying to change them. All right. Wrapping it up for the last time this season. All right. Okay. Welcome back to surprise. Motherfucker. So because it's our last episode, we're doing something a little different today. Um, I sent Jamie a surprise motherfucker and she sent me one. And so now we will discuss it. Yay. All right. Hit me, Queen. What'd you think? I was given X-Men. 
or X2, but I chose X-Men so that I could watch X2 another time. Brian Cox is an X2, though. That's I why know. I suggested it to Jamie. I just felt like I needed the back, the background of, like, what it actually was because I had no idea what I was walking into. Yeah. But it took me... I was having this problem the whole movie, but I it was taking me so long to figure out who people were. Meaning, like, I did not realize that was Hugh Jackman until, like, a good 10 minutes into the movie. I was like, why does this guy look so familiar? You mean the Wolverine? Yes. <laughs> His biggest thing? Yes. I never knew that. Like, he looks so different because the he first... looks so hot. You know what the first... He's red. My first memory of Hugh Jackman is literally in Les Mis. Like, that is how I know Hugh Jackman. I know he's done a million other things, but his fucking performance in Les Mis is everything and more. I can't believe he didn't win for that role. He was so fucking good as Jean Valjean. Sorry. Um, but anyways, yeah, he's extremely sexy and it's embarrassing for everybody else who's on the screen. Sorry. Also, it, by the way, same with the girl rogue or whatever her name is. It took me so long to figure out. I thought for the first 20 minutes and I, I was trying not to look at my phone while I watched the movie, but I was like, I have to fucking look this girl up. What was she fucking Quinn and Zoe one one? Who is this bitch? Oh, and then one. I realized who she was. I realized she was true blood girl. But it took me so long and it was distracting me because I was like, who is this girl? You know, she won an Oscar at like eight years old. For what movie? It's called The Piano. The Piano. Um, um, yeah, but she was like eight and she won the Oscar for supporting. Was it just me or did her and Hugh Jackman kind of have a weird thing going on? Well, yeah, it's kind of like she has a crush on him. Yeah, but then he likes Dr. whatever her name is. Dr. Jean Grey or whatever. Yeah, do- Jean. Yeah, honestly, though, I liked the well, movie. Well, it's in the Marvel category. It's half the reason I told you to watch it. It's a Marvel movie. Yeah, I liked it. Also, I liked the ending. I thought that, that was really a smart uh, on the writer's part, that was really smart. I was just into it. I was into the ending, and I don't want to spoil it for anyone, so go watch it. But it was sick. Chestnut checkers, that's all I'll say. I'm a big Marvel fan. Like, I think Iron Man, the first one, is still one of the best so superhero good. movies ever made. But what I will say about the X-Men is their powers are sick because it's all genetic mutations. Yeah. So, like, the most random things. I know. The one that they gave to the to the senator was just, like, they, like, mutated him. Oh, yeah. That was so crazy. And then he died. Yeah, that was nuts. Yeah. Also, but, like, the fact that, like, telekinesis is a thing, mind reading is a thing. Yeah, that was sick. Um, the fact that Rogue, you can't touch her, you die. Like, yeah. what the fuck is that? Like, that's the worst, by the way, the worst, the worst mutation, mutation to have. Like, I'm sorry, this poor girl can never be physically touched. Or, like, the ice guy. Is or that, how pretty was Halle Berry in those movies? Yeah, she's gorgeous. Oh my god! I mean, it's just also James Marsden. Like, like clap for my guy. But here's the thing that I was really upset about for James Marsden in those movies is like James Marsden, his eyes are his best feature. He's What's so good looking. What's his name again? In that he's Magneto. Cyclops. Oh, Cyclops. Cyclops. Um, he's so good looking, but his eyes are, are like covered. So beautiful. Like he has the most beautiful blue eyes, and they're just covered by sunglasses the entire movie. Still, never forget the time that I told him that like. When I met him, that I loved his performance in Hairspray. His performance in Hairspray is that is what I said to him. Well, as you should, but someone should tell him. Like had just finished his run in Westworld, like was probably nominated, and I was like, "Sir, your performance as Courtney Collins was so good." She humbled him, you guys. I thought he was amazing. He was great. Oh my god, I love that movie. Bringing everyone together. Courtney Collins is the best. He's the best. I fucking love James Marsden. Yes. I gave Bella Night Agent a top something Netflix show. It's like Netflix number one show right now about like the FBI and the Night Agent specifically. And I've only watched one episode, so I can't really tell you more. First off, though, you watched Kings of Summer? Yeah. 
Do you remember the three boys in Kings of Summer? Moises Arias. Mm -hmm. Gabriel. Yeah. Yeah. The lead of Night Agent. Yeah, yeah. I was... I had a crush. was like, ah! Weird story. I had a crush on him. He was so cute in Kings of Summer. He's about to pop off. Yeah, he's about to pop off. They already picked it up for season two. I thought it was really good. Um, It's clearly one of those shows that, like, it's a plot twist at every other turn, mm-hmm. and you never know what's coming. So, like, the first episode, I can't really say much about, like, plot-wise, because I'm still a little confused, because I think it's just... I think it all makes sense in the end, but you mm-hmm. have to get there yeah. for it all to make sense. Um, I have one qualm with everything in the entertainment industry right now. Like, can, I get it, you guys. And I love this artistic choice of making the scenes really, really dark. <laughs> but like, I need more light or I'm literally standing. I was standing in front of my screen today just trying to figure out really what was going on. It's You can't like... I'm not going to watch all the TV shows at night. And so there's light coming in to the apartment. I just needed to be a little lighter. Like, and here's the thing. As a viewer, I'll still understand it's supposed to be dark in there, even if it's not that dark in there. Yeah, I thought that was so fucking funny when the Game of Thrones, the new Game of Thrones and how dark that episode was. And there were so many memes about it. I literally was like, I can't get through this show. I can't watch it. No, by the way, I gave up that episode. I was like, I'm done. It was too much. I can't squint and try and like figure out how to change the brightness on my TV to accommodate you guys. Like this is... Bring the light. I know. know, I feel like they think they're all being super light. Like, and I get it. It's 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 an artistic choice. choice. It's a choice. It's not my favorite choice. I need to see it. I really like though. Like, I... I was up on their casting. Like, I really liked the ca- their casting. Yeah, they did a great job. I just really, it really upset me, the darkness of the screen. So, like, for me, <laughs> that's something that's really hard. God bless you. Something that's really hard for me to um, get over. Yeah, I get you. Do you know what? I loved, 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 loved the fact that my gal, Hong Chow, from The Whale, is in it. Yeah, she's fire. And she's she really a good. Gray wig on. Yeah, and she is playing older than she is, and she's fucking killing it. Yeah, she's, she's and she good. just proves that actors can do anything, and she deserves a lot of critical acclaim because she's so good. She is really good. I, I was thinking that, that woman the whole is time. moving, moves your soul uh-huh. when she speaks, and I'm like, yes. I don't I know you her personally. The, um, Senator's daughter, though, you easily could have played that role. I was thinking that the whole time I was watching it. I was like, oh, Bella would have killed this role you're not there yet but if only yeah i was gonna say i don't know who the senator's daughter is yet but i did like that like aside from maybe like a couple principal characters i didn't really recognize anybody else in the show and i was really liking that i was like good like i feel so refreshed watching these people who like get to do the job they want to do it's like very exciting my hot take of the week is that um what is your hot take of the week (laughs) my hot take is that you were starting your hot take and then just asked me what my hot take was. But my hot take is also that I like your best. Thanks. And my hot take also is that you guys meditate. Just do it for five minutes a day. It it does it does wonders to your brain. And for, for the, the last time, time of, of season, season one, one. Bye. Please rate, like, and subscribe on Apple and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nail Polish Sisters is hosted and produced by Jamie Belushi and Bella Giannulli. Produced by Lauren Boone. Edited by 
Jordan Fair. Original music by Joey Cars. The Nail Polish Sisters is a Gulfstream Studios production. And if you've made it this far, 100 points.